Bit of Venus podcast. My name is Jane Archer, and I am your host. This is a space we will explore all the ways in which Venus orbits our own lives. Beyond just a planet in the sky and a popular feminine archetype commonly seen throughout history in cultures across the world, Venus represents all things beauty, radiance, creativity, embodiment, relationship, aesthetic, expression, what we value, mother nature, pleasure, and ultimately love. Together we will dive deep into the many sacred mysteries, teachings, and topics of all things Venus. Welcome to the orbit of Venus. Welcome home. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Orbit of Venus podcast. My name is Jane and I am the host and um, really grateful. It's been a minute since I've been here. Um, I think I don't think I've let out a podcast in the last uh, few weeks at least. So not intended. Um, life threw some curveballs, so I had to tend to that and I'm back and I um, am really grateful to be here. Grateful to have you tuned in. Um, so yeah, happy May. Uh, we are in middle of May already. I cannot believe it. This this year has been chugging along. Uh, I want to say it's been flying by, but it's also kind of been not. So I don't know. Um, Here we are nonetheless. It's spring in the Northern Hemisphere in Los Angeles. Spring is beautiful right now. The flowers are still blooming. The weather is getting nicer. Um, It's been really quite nice. And um, yeah, today I just really wanted to like check back in, say I'm still here, the orbit of Venus is still very much alive, and kind of just get current with everyone and share some of the resources and some of the, th- the thoughts, I guess you could say, that I've been um, sitting with uh, since we've last checked in. And yeah, so what to start with? Okay, so first of all, the last month was crazy for me, um, just on a personal level. My brother ended up getting really sick, and um, we think he had COVID. Uh, he ended up in the ICU for nine days, and it was really, really intense. And so he, um, it was just scary. Like, it was one of the scariest uh things I've had to walk through. And the story is, if you don't know me, he ended up getting double pneumonia. He, he started feeling not well. And then he, you know, stayed in bed for a few days thinking it was maybe a flu, but also we were all worried that maybe it was COVID. We weren't really sure. He went and got tested. The test came back negative. So the doctor thought maybe he just had strep throat or something. And then it just kept getting worse. And then he ended up going to the ER a few days later and he had double pneumonia. It had progressed. And then he was checked into the ICU as a COVID patient. And he was tested four times and they all came back negative, but uh, the doctors were pretty much um, certain that it was COVID uh, given the symptoms and it was just too ironic. And yeah, there's just still so much that we don't know about this virus and um, the tests were coming back false negative. So it was really, really scary. And uh, I have to say like for my family and I, it was, it was a hard time. It was a really hard month for all of us. Um, and but the beautiful miracle is is that he he had a turnaround on like the eighth day in the hospital and um he started getting better and uh 
it, in my opinion, it was an act of God. It was like a miracle because he was really not getting better for a long time. And then all of a sudden everything uh, changed. And so that was a gift. And so the only reason why I'm sharing about this is to say that, um, you know, just spread more awareness that no one's really immune to this. My brother is a really healthy guy. He's an endurance athlete, uh, never has really had any health problems ever. Um, and this, you know, this got him. So, um, the month though, I have to say, like, it was just outside of, you know, obviously being really hard. Um, it was, it was like spiritual (laughs) black belt testing for, for me on a personal level. Uh, I'm sure, you know, he could speak to it in a whole different way since he was the one actually experiencing it. But, uh, my heart, goes out to everyone right now who has a loved one in the hospital during uh, these times with, you know, not being able to be with them through the, through the, um, the illness, whatever it is or whatever, however, whatever they find themselves in the hospital for. Um, I have three friends right now who are actually pregnant and um, they're kind of navigating being pregnant during this time and, you know, preparing for a birth in a hospital with, you know, having li- limited exposure to, to, um, their husbands being with them. And, um, so just so much compassion, so much, uh, like, um, what's the word? Just, yeah, a lot of love to everyone going through something medically right now during, during this time. Um, but like I said, I, I've been kind of quiet the last, uh, you know, the last few days or weeks or whatever, because, um, April was a big month. It really kind of like threw me off of my center and really forced me to, uh, change the way I see things. And, um, it really forced me to, to utilize my own resources, to ask for help in ways I'd never done before. Um, and to really, really, really heavily lean on the power of prayer. And so I will, you know, I want to unpack that more and I'm still sitting with it, still working with it. But I found that truly the only thing that got me through outside of amazing friends and family checking in and, um, you know, sending my brother prayers and love and light to really help uh, shift his condition. um, I have to say, like, personally, like the only thing that helped me get through day to day was leaning so hard into my faith. And when I say faith, like I know some people could get like a little bit, you know, on defense, like, whoa, like, what do you like, what do you mean faith? And let's talk about that. And let's, you know, unpack that. But I just mean it in like the most universal sense that um, truly a power greater than myself, like leaning into that, like, I feel completely powerless right now. Uh, and I, because truly I have no control. I had no control over the situation. Um, and the only thing I could do was lean into faith and lean into acceptance of the current situation. Um, and then acting from that place. So it really was sobering to say the least. And like I said, I'm still sitting with it and I know I'm not the only one sitting with this right now. Uh, this feeling of complete, Uh, lack of power or lack of control of situations. Maybe it's a job, maybe it's, you know, you have the illness, like maybe it's whatever, like enter in anything. Uh, It really feels like right now we're all being brought to the threshold of our greatest fears. And, um, you know, we're all kind of being offered this time uh, to sit with it and to, you know, look at it in the face. And um, so, yeah, that's where, that's where April took me. Um, But like I said, uh, here we are halfway into May and he's out of the hospital now. He's slowly recovering. 
Um, thank God. It's just such a wild uh, virus, like I said, because there's just so much unknown. And um, yeah, so there's that. And I I definitely want to go, uh, as I go into this episode, I will share some of the resources that and practices and techniques that I've been uh, touching or leaning on during that really, really hard time that really helped me. Like it was a tangible, like I kept saying prayer, like I reached out to so many people for prayers because I, I felt like, you know, I know that the power of prayer is like a command and it doesn't always turn out in our favor, you know, because um, I don't believe that praying is like, you know, writing a letter to Santa Claus or anything. It's not like, uh, but for me, it's like when I say prayer, I mean it in like the most uh, universal sense that our, when we pray, like pray is for me, when I like really boil down what prayer is and as a practice, it's like my first language and it's truly a, a language with my heart and it, it's like a language with the law of love. And I find that in moments of deep despair or deep joy or because oftentimes like I think I only think that prayer is like for moments of pain and loss and need but prayer can be you can have your life be a living prayer like moments of joy uh, maybe I'm not consciously aware that I'm praying for me that's a prayer you know smelling a rose is an act of prayer um you know, spending quality time with someone is an act of prayer, uh, connecting, uh, being in nature, prayer, like sleep can be a prayer, like all of these tiny, beautiful, profound actions as human beings where we connect into something greater than than us, to me, is a prayer. Uh, but I find that sometimes like hyper-focused or laser-focused prayer can also just move mountains. And I found that with my brother, um, during the entire time he was in the hospital, uh, he and I, because obviously I couldn't be there, we would be, um, we would FaceTime and that was a gift. And, um, you know, he mentioned even in his like darkest moments that he felt the power of prayer all around him. And, uh, I had so many prayer chains going or not just me, like I reached out and then so many prayer chains got lit up with people around the world that I had, you know, hundreds of people praying for him that I didn't even know. And, um, And I just want to say, like, you know, like, I don't want to act like prayer is like a cure-all because I know in these moments it can feel like, what the hell is prayer going to do for me right now? Like, I don't believe in God or I don't believe in whatever your, you know, that thing is. But I will say um, that prayer is like, to, to me, it's a command of the heart and it's a, it's tapping into something greater and it's also a deep surrender. So it's like, you know, here's my intention, here's my wish. And when you send energy or focus or love to something, person, you know, uh, or even yourself or a situation, it's like this wave goes and covers it and, and offers it support. And we have this ability to pass waves to each other and to like, you know, uh, toss energy at one another with, um, with supreme love carrying the energy. Um, so that for me, prayer, it's just, like I said, you can be your, your whole life is a, my whole life is a prayer. Uh, I'll speak in, in first term, um, first person, uh, and you know, breathing, active breathing can be a prayer. It's just like so many things. And, um, when I am tuning into that current, that rhythm, that pulse, I find it's just so much easier to relax into the water of life. Um, 
So yeah, there were many nights where I would go to bed with my heart beating uh, really, really fast, you know, after talking to his nurse at night and him not getting better and feeling like, oh God, like, dear God, like just carry me through tonight and carry him through tonight and, and like come what may, like, please be here for me. And, and then I would wake up and I would just feel like deep peace, uh, just like this, like deep sense of peace as, as if I was being held. And I, you guys, like, I, I want to cry right now because I don't know what that power was. Like, of course, like my, my heart knows, but intellectually it's, it's a phenomenon. And, um, you know, I just want to say like, it's just the act of getting out of the, out of the mind and tuning into this greater power that is truly that we are all drenched in, like swimming in. Um, and I recognize that I can talk a little bit poetically at times, and sometimes it might be hard for some people to grab onto it. Uh, so I'm, I'm aware of it. It's just how I express. Um, but I, the only reason I mentioned that, I was just talking to one of my dear friends, uh, Celine. She's from France, and she lives in India. She leads tours there, uh, like sacred tours and like um, spiritual retreats. And she always makes fun of me because uh, I, I tend to talk like that. And she always calls me her crazy American friend. But I was just speaking with her because she's going through her own challenges right now, being in quarantine and locked down in India uh, by herself. And, you know, we were talking about like all of our spiritual practices kind of getting thrown out of the window in these moments like that are really trying. And um, she said that she's resorted to just like drinking coffee and watching stupid television and swearing and not caring and just crying a lot. Um, and I was laughing and I was trying to give her some heart wisdom. And she said, my God, my crazy American friend, you know, the American roomie. And it kind of made me laugh that, um, yeah, that, you know, keep it, keep it simple, uh, at least for me. Um, so what I mean about the, about all of that is that, uh, and for me, I really had to like, act, like last month when I was in this like really challenging time and even as I'm like coming out of it and like my nervous system is catching up to the fact that like everything's okay right now. Like my brother's alive in this moment. Like, you know, like, uh, I, no, no one else in my family, knock on wood has this virus. Like everything's okay in this moment, right. In this breath of a moment. And, and even if that weren't the case that, that there is that I will be okay. And that is like where I have been sinking into. And I feel like a lot of us are, right? Like we're all in these moments of being tilted upside down and having to uh, adjust and deal with this these high pressure times that are on earth right now. Um, you know, enter in whatever it is you're going through. It feels like we're, we're it's like we're, our lives have been shifted and tilted and the pressure has gotten bigger and heavier and we're having to learn how to adapt and how to adjust and be resilient and find our center when we're off center. <clears throat> and so um, my greatest lesson right now is that come what may, come what may, come what may, this is like my prayer, that I know I will be okay, that there will be this deep like currency, this power, this love that will carry me through. And there's going to be rocky times in life. There's going to be amazing times in life. There's going to be boring times in life. Like all of these, all of these, uh, you know, weather patterns of life, like come what may, there will be something that will carry me through. And this is, you know, I speak for myself because I know that this sometimes, 
you know, can take a second to adapt to or to recognize, or we have to experience it ourselves. But it feels like the time is ripe to uh, to connect into that power greater than my mind and my circumstance and my surroundings uh, and my stories that I'm telling myself and my past and trust that there really is something, a larger hand at play. Um, so that that is what I wanted to say about that. Um, and, you know, I, I say this sincerely, like if you're struggling right now or if you need prayers, like reach out to me, like find me on Instagram, send me a direct message. Like I love, uh, I am like a firm believer right now, like in my core that, that prayer, just like asking for prayers. Um, and to me, that's such a great action we can all be taking right now is, um, you know, or love. You don't have to call it prayer. It can be sending, you know, support. Um, focused intentions, I think right now are very charged. Um, and so there's that. I wanted to talk about that. And every night I would, um, you know, I, the other thing I wanted to say is like during, during this time, it was really quite interesting because, um, going through something so intense like that, like being brought up to the ledge like that, uh, internally with a life circumstance, um, you know, my default would be to be around loved ones or go, go and be with my mom or, or go and be at the bedside of my brother or be around family and friends who could support me through this time. But this was uh, an opportunity and a really challenging time, like where we can't do that right now, you know, especially in the last like six weeks, we've been under lockdown. And so it really forced me like I was staying alone. Um, and so I had no one else to like lean on really, uh, in my moment to moment than myself. And I don't want to be like, Oh, woe was me. I had no one. That's not true. Like I had plenty of people calling, checking in. Um, you know, I would see friends from a distance. I would go on walks with people, stuff like that. Uh, my boss was even so beautiful in the sense that when it really got crazy and like those like 11th hour moments with my brother, she'd have me come over and I would sit in her backyard and she would just get my mind off of it. So I don't want to act like I've just been sitting here staring at the walls. It's not true. But, and my heart goes out to people who really have, uh, no one to, to lean on during, during this time. But, um, I have to say that every night though, you know, I'd come home and I would be alone and, um, and so what I did to help me during this time is I, I created like a sacred space in my house, um, which for me, like I've done this since I was little, I've always created like little sacred spaces with like little artifacts or flowers or feathers or pictures of loved ones or candles, just little, little pockets in my house of like pockets of peace, like little places in my home that when I would be around or I'd look at, it would remind me that, um, you know, to like tune in like a sacred space and like a special space just for me. And so, um, I would sit at my altar every night. Um, and I say altar, it was literally just, you know, a picture of my family members and, uh, you know, candles and, and some sacred items that I've deemed sacred. And I'd sit there and I would, I've been praying the rosary lately, um, not to like, you know, not in a non-religious way or, in a non-religious way, I've been praying the rosary for me. Um, and go back, if that spikes your interest or sparks your interest, go back to, I think it's episode 11, where I interview the authors of The Way of the Rose, um, who speak about the mysteries of the rosary beyond religion and actually tuning back into our hearts and and, ha- and it being like a really powerful practice and prayer to tune back into, uh, you know, 
the the heart and the mother energy and the, the divine feminine. So I would sit there and I would pray the rosary. I'd light my candle and then I would just write a letter to God. Um, and for me, God doesn't, the word God doesn't really scare me, but like, like I keep saying, like enter in whatever word feels comfortable for you. Maybe you can write a letter to yourself or the word love. Um, like for me, it's like just the like the biggest word there is. And so it's like, uh, I would just write a letter to that. And I would just write out like all of my pleas and my prayers and my wishes and my fears and, or whatever was like really heavy on my heart in that moment. And I would lay it in front of my altar. And, um, and it brought so much peace, like just having, having that act of like surrendering on a nightly basis of like writing the letter, even if it was dear God help, you know, like, please help my brother tonight, or please help him get through the night, or help my fears, like, help me to have a good night's sleep, uh, please calm my anxiety, um, you know, help my mother, like, stuff like this, I would just write it out, fold it up, put it in front of the pictures on my altar, and go to bed, and that was such a beautiful act, um, and it doesn't have to be something that grandiose like that, maybe it's just simply right before you fall asleep, like, having a post-it note next to your bed, and just writing out, like, whatever it is that you want to let go before you fall asleep. Um, and then putting it in a jar or putting it in a box, or it could be your God box. Like you open it up and just toss it in there and let it go. And I found that really taking like this, like uh, fray in my mind and putting it into something tangible really allowed me to trust. Um, and it was, it was like fake it till you make it. It's like these little actions I would take throughout my day. And every morning I would get on my knees and I would surrender. I'd be like, all right, like, here's my prayers for today. Like, help me, like, help me, dear life, help me today to move through today, to trust you, to trust that whatever happens today, I will be okay. That those in my life that I love will be okay. Um, and that, you know, come what may. And <sighs> yeah, it really, it, the idea of our mortality <laughs> has been really loud for me lately, even my own. I've never really felt afraid of dying, to be totally honest. That, you know, um, like it's never really kept me up at night. But what has kept me up at night is those I loved dying. That has been a theme in my life and a fear since I was like a little kid. And um, so living it, you know, like living, being like I said, with the, uh, like living an experience that really triggered that fear was hard and it really brought me brought me to my knees in a way I haven't been brought before um and I lost my father you know to cancer pretty quickly if, like five years ago so I've definitely gone through grief and loss of a family member and it's challenging and I have to say like more than fear of death for myself I have a fear of grief because I it's like this for me grief is like a wave of just complete uh, it is like the ultimate lack of control it, for like my experience of grief was that it, it really is this, um, unpredictable experience and there's no way you can control grief. It truly is like a storm of itself and it's mysterious and it comes when it wants to, and it looks different every time. And it's truly just, um, yeah, it's a power, power that I cannot understand. And so, um, this fear of being left behind, this fear of having to be forced into 
grieving, uh, of having people I love being ripped away from me. All of these things have been really, really loud on my brain lately. And, um, and so my default is to want to snap into how can I control this? How can I control this fear? Well, right now we all know we can't, right? Like (laughs) we can't, there's no guarantees right now. Um, uh, and I mean, but were there ever really any guarantees? No, Uh, definitely not. Um, life is still in session, right? Like I, uh, you know, you people are still dying of other causes and people are still being born. And, and so it's like, um, just because there is this, uh, pandemic happening, life is still in session. And, um, but right now, yeah, my, my own mortality has been coming up a lot lately. And so this might sound a little bit esoteric and a little bit, uh, nuanced, but, um, because I keep going into these places, like for me going into these like really like uh, hyperbolic poetic spaces helps me to, to make sense of the truth or the reality at hand. But, um, and I oftentimes will like see or channel or feel, um, these, uh, metaphors or, and that helps me to understand, like, you know, it's like comparing that metaphor into my life situation. And when I had on the authors of the way of the rose, um, they talked about, uh, you know, the, the mother, our lady, mother Mary, in the end of their book, they have some channeled writings from her. And one of my favorite lines in the entire book is how she says, like, um, I will teach you how to, how to fly from life to life, uh, like a bird flying from tree branch to tree branch. Like it doesn't have to be this hard. And it just really like the length of a soul. And she speaks about the length of a soul being much greater than we can even comprehend. And, you know, it just really reminds me that we are so much greater than, uh, just this one life. And that might sound strange or whatever, but it it just reminds me that like in these moments of complete lack of control, uh, to really surrender to my soul and to the length of my soul and to the mystery of my soul and to the mystery of this life. And, um, because it's so grand, it's so vast and, um, it can be, yeah, these, these tiny moments can be so painful and so personal, but that when I really expand even a degree and, uh, higher up, I'm able to see that, ah, okay. Like even if I were to die today, like my soul is bigger than just this life. And I know that, right? Like I, I know that I am much bigger than, uh, just this life. And that is my belief. And, um, we live on and I have firsthand experience of that with my dad, like speaking to him beyond his body. And, um, and I'm sure if you lost a loved one or someone you deeply care about, you maybe have these stories too. Like I'm not alone in this, like speaking with, uh, life beyond the body, you know? And so, yeah. And it's interesting. I was just driving this morning and I heard, um, I, on NPR, I think it was like, uh, there's an awesome, I think it's called Foxholes, but I I don't know for sure. There's a, it's like a, a show on NPR and it's all about like esoteric and mysticism and mysteries and spirituality and all of these really, really cool topics. But Deepak Chopra was on and then, um, and they were talking about like how as a society in the Western society, like cultures, uh, we are very like stunted when it comes to death and grief. Like we, we don't really know how to process it. Uh, it's like, it almost feels like a failure. Like death feels like a failure. And, um, yeah, so I really feel like, you know, we look through time at, uh, cultures and, 
teachings and uh, sacred text and just legends and mysteries and death hasn't always been viewed as the enemy, you know? Um, and so, yeah, it's just a topic like getting more comfortable with my own death, with the inevitability of it and uh, the inevitability of other people in my life, like not always being here in the physical with me. Um, so much easier said than done. Someone recently reminded me that it's better to go through life with not gripping on to things because sometimes life has to take things from us. Uh, and so when we grip, it's hard to let go. But if we hold on to things loosely, that we can just let go. It's much easier to let go. Again, much easier said than done when it comes down to loved ones. But these are just like little tiny thoughts that I've been sitting with lately. Um, and you know, guys, like again, prayer, right? Like, like dear God, dear source, dear love, dear life, like this is something that's hard for me to be to be learning right now. I'm having a really hard time letting go. And please show me, help me, right? Help me. Sometimes help me is the greatest prayer there is. It's so simple. It's so poignant. It's so direct. Just help. Like I don't need to like, it's like this intelligence that we're, that we're speaking with, like the current of the heart, the electromagnetic field of the heart already knows what the prayer is. It's like the prayer itself is just to satisfy our own ego, our own intellect, our own mind. It's like knowing, but there's like this all loving source that already knows what the the desire is, what the need is, what the prayer is. So it's almost like why even pray? But there's something about a human being asking. It's like ask and you shall receive. Um, Even if it doesn't Uh, materialize in real time or look how we think it should, uh, I am just forever humbled by, you know, by it. Um, So there's that. And then speaking of the topics of the heart, um, something else that has been really loud for me uh, is the idea of um, the desire of the heart. And I I actually want to dedicate an entire podcast to this because this is something I think that is profound. Uh, And it's really been something I've been sitting with. But the idea that, not even the idea, the knowledge and the awakening to, the remembering of, is that when we, like my, my true purpose now in all of the work I do, my intention, that like the heart seed that I've planted with myself or like my prayer, my greatest prayer right now is to keep and continuing to get in touch with that, with that space in my heart, with my heart's desire. Because what I think we're all learning right now, and I'll speak for myself uh, especially, is that if I don't know what my heart truly desires, my entire life I will be starving and hungry and searching and looking for whatever it is that I think will fill that heart's desire. It's like, it's like being hungry and not knowing what to feed yourself or um, it's just like starving. And yet we live in a time where the media tells us what will make us full or what will fulfill us. Uh, Life is constantly reflecting back to us, right? Through messaging, media, marketing, consumerism. Um, Not that there's anything wrong with that. Like, let me just be clear. I'm not sitting here preaching that it's all bad, but there are a million and one th- ways that life will tell us what it is that we need and what we should want to fulfill us and satiate us. But what I'm learning now, especially right now, is that the only thing that will fill me is getting in tune and in touch with my with my personal heart's desire and learning that, getting to know whatever that is. 
Um, and when I know what that is, or when I am in communication with that, with that deepest part of me, that, that is my heart's desire, right? I, I believe that's why we've all come here is we have these deep desires in our hearts. And it's why we come to earth is to have these experiences, these, these desires manifested or experienced. Um, and until I can, uh, take the time to get to know what it is or to uncover and discover uh, whatever it is that my heart truly desires in this lifetime, then I will just be filling it with air. <laughs> I will. It's like, um, you know, the cars won't do it. The relationships won't do it. The money won't do it. Uh, the food won't do it. The drugs won't do it. Like enter in whatever vice it is. Like it, it, the you know, going after somebody else's dream, thinking that that dream looks good for them. So maybe I should want that for myself or, or, you know, but then getting it and then feeling empty or feeling like, huh, that worked only for a little bit. I wonder like all of these things, I I think you probably understand what I'm trying to say. And it's such a simple concept that we all have our own heart's desire. And it is simply, it's as simple as that. It's tending to getting to know that, that desire and it changes and but it's a relationship the relationship we have with our hearts um it just like a human relationship morphs and changes and shifts and the dynamic you know moves and it grows and it expands and it contracts and um the same is with our own relationship to our heart but when i can start to have this this relay with my heart it's much easier for me to satisfy myself in this life and to experience peace and contentment um and it's not always about, you know, achieving or producing or um, receiving like all of these things outside of us. Sometimes it's simply like, oh, my heart's desire is just simply to feel peace or to express love. And, and that, is, that is what's going to really fill me up right now. Or my heart's desire for today might be just to sit in nature and to allow the sun to warm my skin. Um, and to have a beautiful conversation with a stranger or my heart's desire right in this moment might just be to sit here and drink this cup of coffee and relax or my heart's desire might be you know uh, to write this screenplay or to write a book or you know it's always changing growing shifting merging whatever but you know when I when I'm ignoring what my heart is really desiring, that's when the pain comes because it's like I it's like I'm trying to fill or I'm trying to stop a boat from sinking. Um, and or you know uh, what's the metaphor? Like I said, I like to speak in metaphors. It's like pouring you know water into a cup that has no bottom. It's not going to fill. Um, but so for me, my practices, the orbit of Venus, all of these things, it's to truly uncover, discover, uh, get to know the heart's desire. Cause like the energy of Venus for me, it's all heart, you know, it's radiance, it's heart, it's, it's sensuality, it's joy, it's expression. It's, it's like deep, deep connection. And for me, that's something I desire in this lifetime is deep connection through expression, through relationship, uh, through my human body, like, dear God, like the years I have spent, uh, checked out of my body, (laughs) living in my mind, living in this higher realm, not actually grounded into my physical form. Sometimes like all of these teachings, you know, all of these spiritual adventures or, uh, practices I find for me at least brought me out of my body. And I would just run through life, 
uh, not connected to this physical form, like in a really deep way. And so I'm learning now just to come back into my body, like to ground myself, to, to be here while I'm here, you know, um, we are all spirit having a human experience. So why not fully inhabit this machine that we're all living in? Um, so these are just like, I feel like I'm just going off right now, (laughs) but these are all thoughts and, uh, and prayers that have been really present in my heart lately. So, um, yeah. And there is a lot more I would love to speak to, but it really feels like, you know, I had my microphone, uh, I have it in my house, like right next to uh, a space that I walk by every day. And I had actually sat down last week to record an episode and I think I even recorded it and then I just erased it twice. So like an hour of me uh, just speaking for nothing, (laughs) but, um, it just felt as if like, I wasn't fully ready. Like whatever was sitting in my heart wasn't ready. And, um, I know I said, I I will release an episode every Friday to, you know, to get consistency with my listeners and to create, you know, cause I think consistency is key in so many, so, so many factors of life. Um, but I just have to say, it's like, uh, you can't force the fruit if it's not ripe. You can't, you know, it's like the, the mango is sweetest when it drops on its own from the vine versus pulling an unripe mango off the tree. And the same is in life. And so it's, you know, if you're an artist, you definitely get it. You can't force the creativity. You can't force the, um, you can't force something before it's ready. And I was just really having to sit in my own, uh, thoughts and my own space to really formulate and, uh, my heart wasn't ready to speak. It was still processing. And so here I am, uh, May 16th, ready to talk. Um, and who knows what tomorrow will bring. Um, and that is another messy, beautiful, uh, way of these times as it's really reminding me that, you know, one day I might feel charged and excited and connected. And the next day I might be in bed watching seven episodes on Netflix, uh, (laughs) of something. And that's okay. That is okay. Um, I am learning, I am remembering that my worth is not in my productivity. (laughs) I think we are remembering this as a society as, you know, at large, that, um, our life's mission is not necessarily, sometimes it is, but it's not necessarily whatever job we have or career we have or how much money we make or, uh, what we produce, like, um, you know, sometimes it's simply just being alive in a human body and experiencing the emotions. Um, and, but really actually doing it and not trying to spiritually bypass it or override it or talk ourselves out of it or fix it or figure it out, um, or force it, all of these things. Um, so that's where I'm at right now, really just kind of in, in a decluttering phase Um, it feels like I had you over just now and my house is a mess. You know, I feel like I'm moving right now and, uh, I'm inviting you guys into my house and drawers are being emptied and there's piles of clothes in the corner and, you know, dishes are in boxes and I'm moving. And so it's like, I don't really fully feel as if, uh, everything is like neatly displayed right now and, uh, welcoming, but you know, yeah. So thank you for coming over, uh, into my mind and into my heart during, during this moment of transition of metamorphosis, which I feel like we're all going through at our own speed and our own, uh, our own design. And I just want to say like, again, 
um, wherever you find yourself in this moment, like you're not alone. And um, these times are not our fault. I don't know why that just came to my mind, but um, you know, everything is so charged right now, like wanting to point fingers or wanting to have answers to uh, what's going on in the world or in our city or in our in our own life. And um, gosh, like sometimes there is no answer. There is no logical right or wrong reason, um, at least not, not for us to understand. And so uh, I feel like this conditioning we've all gone through with needing uh, reasoning and figuring out and fixing and um, that we're really just being deconditioned from that. And um, for me, the greatest, the greatest power, like I have been saying, has been uh, surrendering to that and just um, like taking it breath by breath. And um, that's where I'm at in this moment, at least. <laughs> uh, I will say, okay, so I promised at the end I would talk about some resources I've been using. And um, first of all, shout out to myself. <laughs> uh, right before uh, my brother got sick, I released my second book, uh, Venus, Venus, and Love Notes from Beyond. So that's now available on Amazon. I'm really excited about it. I've been working on that book for like two years. It was just kind of like a bunch of like little heart channelings, uh, truly like little love notes I would write or channel essentially. And, um, that book is out and I, um, it's just, yeah, it's like a love note from my heart to yours. And it, um, some of like some of the writing in there is beyond, uh, like I've said before, anything that I would make up. So I really feel as if it's an offer of love to the world. At least that's how I look at it. And I'm not like making any profit off of it. So like, I I truly, at least not right now, like I truly just wanted to put it out there and let it have a life of its own. Because that's another thing with, with like being an artist or being, you know, a creative. It's like, sometimes we just have these lives living inside of us, these projects, these these images, these words, and they truly have a spirit of their own and they just need to be let out and have a life of their own. It's like a mother just giving birth to a child. It's like, yes, this is a part of me, but it's also not me and I need to allow it to have a life of its own. And um, so that's kind of what Venus Venus felt like to me. Um, And so uh, that just happened. And then Ah, yes, I um so anticlimactic, but I am going to be starting up a course here pretty soon. Um it's a little bit premature, but I just wanted to plant it into the ethers. So it'll be like I think it'll be a three or four week journey led online through Zoom uh gatherings, and it's gonna be kind of like uncovering the love notes within us. And so stay tuned for that. I, I keep getting the message like over and over and over again to facilitate uh space for people to come together. And I feel like right now is a beautiful time to do that. And I I will say you guys, like given everything being like so wonky and tilted and whatever it is, like the pressure is really heavy right now on earth. It's like not just heavy, but it's like, it's there, right? Like I don't even want to give it that adjective. It's like, it's there. Like the pressure is intensified and I'm finding that it is so ripe for hyper healing and creativity and connection. And, um, it like the, the soil right now, it is fruitful. And so I really want to get in there with people and help facilitate space for people to uncover these love notes within their own hearts and within their own bodies and in their own minds. Like 
there's just so much bubbling up for all of us right now. So stay tuned for that. That is in the making as we speak. So hopefully in the next week or two, I'll have an announcement for how you can join join me in that kind of a space. And other than that, I just wanted to say I love you guys. I'm truly grateful for this uh, community that right now is invisible because here we all are, you know, talking through the ethers. But I feel it like I, I feel so many beautiful hearts and minds tuned in, and it doesn't get wasted on me. Let me just say that. Um, and then the other thing, shout out to 12 step groups. Um, I will just say that I have been attending some Zoom uh, 12-step meetings, and they have been profound, especially right now. Um, you know, I've dabbled in and out of going to Al-Anon, and uh, if you, Al-Anon is for people who have had like family members, friends, uh, relatives, uh, you know, partners who have suffered from the from the disease of alcoholism. So it could just be that maybe you know someone, or maybe you grew up in alcoholism in your own home. Um, Etc. Or maybe your great great grandfather was an alcoholic, and so it trickled throughout your family lineage. As far as like the um, you know the way it can affect our minds and our upbringings and our parents and all of it, like it's just so layered. So Al-Anon, shout out to Al-Anon. I just gave away my anonymity, but I firmly am in love with that program and am in, am in love with the twelve step uh, communities right now. Like the Zoom meetings have. There's just so many resources for people right now if you're struggling. Um, and there's a 12-step meeting for every, for any and, and everything. So uh, if you need support right now, I really um, applaud and direct people to Al-Anon. Uh, or not just Al-Anon, I'm sorry, uh, to 12-step because 12-step is an amazing tool. It's free, it's a resource, and it's available, and it's online right now, I know. Um also, Rama Institute, it's here based in uh, LA, but I know Guru Jagat has been doing some incredible uh, online courses and uh, daily classes. And so uh, you can go on Instagram and I think it's just R-A-M-A Institute is their handle, or you can go to their website, Rama Institute. They have like daily classes online. I'm super inspired by, you know, how they're showing up for communities right now around the world during this time for Kundalini yoga and meditation and higher thinking and um, really learning how to move with the times and the current on the planet and how to, you know, adapt. Um, and then my dear friend, Madeline Giles, uh, you can um, look her up at angelicbreathhealing.com. She was episode two, I believe. She's leading courses. She actually has a breathwork session tomorrow that's open to the public for Venus. Uh, it's a it's a digital. Um, she does like I think it's I think she does it via Zoom um, meditations and breathwork, and it's really healing. So um, there's a lot of resources available right now if you're finding yourself like swimming upstream. You're not alone. And um, yeah, so lots of love. I hope wherever you uh, are in this moment of time that um, you are allowing the seeds of your heart to grow. That That is what I will say, that we all have these beautiful, uh, exquisite codes in our heart and these like seeds that we planted. You could get esoteric and say that we planted them before we, we even came to earth or, you know, that our soul planted within our, with, within our own selves. And my prayer right now is that for everyone listening, that you truly can allow the fragrance and the beauty and, and the blossoming that is coming forth from your own heart and your own spirit right now to be felt and experienced first firstly by you and by those around you and that you can give yourself permission to 
to be held, to be seen, to be heard, to be received, and vice versa. So lots of love. Thank you for tuning in. I have a lot of really awesome guests uh, on the schedule for the next few weeks, so definitely stay tuned. And um, check out theorbitofvenus.com or find me on Instagram at theorbitofvenus. Uh, Get in touch, subscribe, whatever you feel like doing. Give us a rating below. Um, And um, keep coming back and lots of love until we meet again. Thank you.